unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. This evening, uh, we managed to accomplish something that was kind of like on my bucket list of things to do. I wanted to get a hold of an actual, you know, current pharmacist who's been through the mess that's been the past two years. And fortunately, I had someone reach out to me on Twitter and we made it happen. So having said that, uh, Trent, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the business, and we'll kind of go from there. Hi, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Trent. I, I'm kind of a new pharmacist, about two and a half years in right now. Um, and we were just talking about how I've, <laughs> I, I seem to roll real lucky. And uh, right when I finished school, I got like passed my test and got my license. And I was about like three months in at Rite Aid and then pandemic hit. And ever since then, it has been just a nightmare. I can't believe I made it through the first half of this. And the second half, I've just been like, just trying to survive. It's been pretty insane. I can't believe nothing's changed yet or no one's been extremely hurt and been in the news. Right. Now, as far as being a pharmacist, how many years do you have to go to school for that? Uh, six years. Total. Oh, wow. Is there an internship? Uh, so it's kind of a mix. You do your six years of like real courses. Uh, one of those years is out working with uh, there's a thing called appy hours you have to fulfill a number of hours basically working at hospitals and different kinds of rotations and then uh there's also little intern things you do along the way um but like five of the years is solid classes and then the sixth year is like kind of practical stuff now do they place you when you when you get your license or is that is that up to you uh they have opportunities but i found my own Gotcha. All right. So this gentleman gets out of school and I believe he said had roughly three months tops before the bottom dropped out. So kind of walk us through. I mean, it had to be equally terrifying for you. I mean, just, you know, getting into it, you're just getting your feet wet, you know, doing what you're doing in this hit. How did, you know, how did word come down? I mean, was there like, uh, um, I guess a panic about what was coming or did they try to ease you in to the nightmare that you were about to live? It was, <clears throat> see, you know, it's funny. The first thing I remember is I remember the toilet paper going because the toilet paper was in, was in the aisle right in front of us facing us. And it went in when it went, it went in like a day or two, like less than that. And I had, I had gotten one of the last ones luckily, but from, I'd say from that time, because that's basically when it kind of hit the news that it was coming to the U S from that time until like we were giving the actual tests, which is probably three months we didn't receive really any word other than we had to put on a mask. Um, just keep doing what we're doing. And what was nice what, at first, which I didn't realize was the calm before the storm, is the store was actually kind of a mess before that because we were so busy and understaffed. Um, 
the load lightened. People weren't people weren't going out. People weren't going to the doctor's office anymore. People weren't coming to get their prescription refills. Funny as it is, you'd see it seem it would seem like it's one of the things that people would go out for, but our load definitely lessened and it was nice for a month or two at least, maybe three before like I said, right before we started doing the testing and uh that when we started doing the testing is when things started getting crazy because, you know, the first couple months we were just flip flopping around, is this a real thing or not? Right remember. now. Yeah. Uh Question. So when your workload lightened because everybody was freaking out and, and hoarding toilet paper, did were you guys shutting down early or anything or were you still working same hours? And how did they do as far as, you know, making sure you guys had PPE and stuff like that? <laughs> so I guess like the first bad experience that I remember was um, kind of like so originally they told us. All we had to do is wear a mask. Um, and then, of course, when we started doing testing, we wore gloves, masks. And uh, some of those had foot covers on, too, who were dealing with the trash. Um, but that was all they, they, all they told us. And uh, the, only th- the only other cleanliness or PPE type of thing I ever had happen was about maybe two months in, um, we had heard about like when the stores had a confirmed case that where someone came in and they were positive, they would have to shut down the store. Well, that was the only time that they shut down the store. I don't know how they knew, uh, like specifically someone came in and had a positive test, but it did happen one time and they made me stay after they called me as I was driving home after I closed at 9 PM, they called me and told me I had to stay at the store and wait for the hazmat team to get there to clean the store because they had to have a pharmacist there who had a key. I'm not the manager or anything. I don't own Rite Aid. I'm like sitting there like, why in the hell is this my responsibility? I'm off right now. And I'm like, are you at least going to pay me? I had to stay there until 2.30 a.m. when they got there to uh, open the pharmacy for them. And it was a complete joke. They got out. They got out. They took like they actually took longer to put on their gear than they did cleaning. It took them like 15 minutes to put on all their hazmat stuff, uh, drag their gear in there, and they just did a half-ass like spray down some of the shelves. Literally only went half into the pharmacy, and they all took off. And I was livid because I had plans that night. And that was like that was the first night that like COVID really like started to fuck with my like life plans. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Yeah, I was not happy. I was like telling my man, I was calling my manager. I was like, I'll just, I'll just quit. I'll go to CVS or something. I know they'll hire me. Like, I literally could get a job anywhere right now. It's just inconvenient for me to move. Why? Why do I have to deal with this? And she's like, you call your manager then. And I'm like, you're her manager. You call her. <laughs> so, did the store manager have to be there, or just you? No, they just said a pharmacist has to be there. And I was like, well, then call my manager. And then she's like, well, you can cut. My district manager told me I should call my uh, store manager to tell her to come in. So wait a minute. You had to go do that shit and the store manager was not there. Right. That's some bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm I'm like five months into being a pharmacist or six months in. Wow. Um, Did you get any kind of extra pay for that or it was just tough shit? I think they ended up paying me my hourly, but I never went back and checked. I kind of trusted her after I bitched about it, but now you guys are paid hourly. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. They claim it's salary, but it's literally hourly. It's only the hours that you're assigned. Wow. That is, um, 
But do you get your overtime and whatnot? Like if you have to cover for somebody? <laughs> or are they it's cheat? complicated. I can't. So it's hard because I can't speak for like how it works everywhere. With me, I don't think overtime is a thing because we're technically salary. There is no overtime. It's if you work more for some reason, you don't get paid for those extra hours. It doesn't count. So I, I refuse. I'm fast enough at my job to get all my work done. I refuse to work late uh, when the, when my shift's over, I'm out of there. And, uh, the pro- part of the problem with my store is nobody else can do it in the allotted time. They're not fast enough. And, I have to deal with their leftover shit, which is partially partially my my manager. So, so for sake of just math, I'm assuming, and, and I'm not asking you know how much you make. I'm just gonna throw a number out there. So, I'm assuming that it sounds like okay. Let's say you make a hundred k a year, and they decide, all right, this is how many hours. You know, I don't. Do they judge it on like forty-five or fifty or something like that? Do they give you a baseline of what your expected hours are? They. So I have a set two-week schedule, and that actually was partially up to me, which has been nice. The only reason I'm still here mainly is the drive and the schedule. Gotcha. But uh, they let me. A little, I got to negotiate a little bit with my schedule just because of my. Like I said, I'm like one of the only people who can work there and not go fucking crazy. And uh, and I still do. Like I have have anxiety problems from working there, um, but I'm just not. I'm a little bit tougher than they. They got some 50 year old women working there that can't handle doing 300 scripts a day with incompetent techs and having to do shots and all that. It's just not feasible. And then so I've took this whole week off, where I got to go back Friday and see how the story is. I know it's going to be a mess. Oh wow! So so I'm I'm figuring. So let let's say they they've decided what you're going to make as a salary, and they break it up by whatever they think hours you should be working, and that's how your hourly rate is kind of determined. Essentially, yeah. I don't. They they basically say the st- store hours are this much. We have to cover this many. We have two pharmacists per store. You guys split up the hours. I I tried to give away one of my days to a floater, and then my manager actually took a, took the hours for her herself, which is fine. Whatever, I didn't want them, but that's just how they're kind of split up. So I think I average like seventy five hours every two uh, weeks. God, see, that's some bullshit. I mean, if you're gonna be salary, be salary. All right, but right. but don't but don't play this fake hourly bullshit to make it no because you're not getting extra, you're not getting overtime. Man, that's some shady shit. <laughs> Right. So I don't I don't stay over for anyone like people don't know how like abused we feel back there. Well, yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to get into. So so COVID's here and, you know, you're you're fairly new at this. You're in a location that, you know, obviously has some issues um, with the technicians. And let's talk a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what makes or breaks you, you know, having a bad technician? Uh, I keep hearing stories that the the quality of technicians has went down rather than up. And would you say that that is accurate? Um, I would say it would be very anecdotal, but uh, in general, yes. But I think it's indirectly because of turnover because the good ones don't stay. 
So the the good techs, where do they wind up going? Do they do something different or they wind up going working for like the hospital system or something like I've that? I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, a lot, I've heard a lot of moving to hospitals or just leaving the industry in, entirely because it's not like it pays a lot anyway. And then some are just retiring or reducing hours. We have our own that's reducing hours just because they don't want to deal with the day-to-day. It's really not a like... Uh, enjoyable job and like you know we have like a 50 year old lady that works back there and we're getting people screaming at us every day yeah um, it's just, like, i don't know it's, so when when covid hit did you start having people like come to the pharmacy asking to speak to you about like any kind of otc medications they could take to prevent it I, i've got to oh, imagine yeah. at the beginning you guys got bombarded it still goes on. Yeah. And that's the other thing that, yeah, the corporate doesn't like incorporate into calculating your hours or like how much help you need is we get bombarded with phone calls that are unrelated to any of the prescriptions we're filling or vaccines we're doing, or, you know, things that are wouldn't exist if COVID was not a thing. But yeah, in the beginning, uh, I remember Tylenol flew off the shelf because the um, myth about ibuprofen was flying around. And then also zinc was flying off the shelf because everyone found out zinc is good for your immune system. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, yeah, found out. I mean, zinc's been good for your immune system for a long time. <laughs> right. just now figured yeah, it's hilarious. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was the collective thought when, okay, this was brought up. I have to ask. How many phone calls did you get about ivermectin? <laughs> you know, less than you'd think. I would say I could count them on two hands, under ten, probably. Oh wow, good for you. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's because uh, I'm in a I'm in a urban area ish. I think. Gotcha. So I think that's part of it. There's a little bit of rural area, but I'm I'm in the city, so I'm not. If I moved to like. 20 minutes out of the city and worked out in one of those maybe so how did they how did it go when they decided to let you guys know that you're going to start testing (laughs) we started so early like i said uh actually i got it i got in the newspaper about it um so i have the date and the picture but uh it was i think late march early april we were outside in the tent and they um they actually requested me to do it i was asked and i didn't really want the hours to be honest but i was like screw it i'll take the extra pay and i was like that like i said i was still pretty early new in and i felt like i had a lot of energy and like i could and things weren't that bad yet so i was doing like testing i was doing like a six or eight hour shift in the morning testing and then doing a two to nine or three to nine shift at night almost every day that was starting to burn me out i did that for like two months while they still had the testing outside and then they eventually moved it to the inside and that's when problems really started now did you guys like at some point be like holy shit i cannot believe you're asking us to do this uh, I mean, originally, like when, yeah, I remember being on the phone and she's like, we really need you to do this. And I, and I was like, she's like, Ari's doing it. It was like one of my buddies. And I was just like, I, I, I like, I was asking like, well, what days? And like, she, she gave me a couple options for days and I was like, okay, fine. I'll just do these days. And it like at first was okay, but then it turned into actually being annoying. It wasn't as fun after a couple of days of doing it, you know, and it just gets repetitive and annoying. 
And then uh, eventually they moved it to the inside, and that's when they really screwed us because we had like a five to eight man crew running the entire thing outside. And then they took the whole thing and just put it inside and expected the same pharmacist and three techs to do it along with all their other work. And we've been doing it ever since then. That's when shit has never been fixed since then. Now, did you guys have any kind of fear? I mean, you know, here's this this basically unknown pathogen, you know, that that has that's quite terrifying and can, you know, obviously can kill and has killed many, you know, when you guys were tasked to start doing the testing and whatnot, was there any thought like, well, what are you going to, are we going to get like hazard pay? Or, I mean, you know, I've got to think there had to be some uneasiness. Yeah, we were not, uh, some techs like were refusing. They didn't want to do any of the testing. They they said they didn't sign up for that. And truthfully, none of us did. None of us did sign up to be a, a testing station for a new pandemic that we don't know anything about. But uh, I wasn't too scared just because I saw that it was a respiratory virus, kind of like SARS and that a lot of cases were mild. But uh, I was like up, I was like, it was up in the air to me, like whether or not it was going to be a big deal. And I had volunteered because I wasn't, I was pretty comfortable being out there knowing that if I have a mask and gloves on, I know how to handle myself. I'm not going to be like, you know, making out with any of the people we're testing. So you're right. Um, a couple of questions. Well, actually the same question kind of came through. Um, how many phone calls would you get that basically were, here's my symptoms. What should I do? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And people, uh, some, so some of the scarier moments, you know, aren't the ones that I like, that I felt like I was in danger. It was when I did get calls and people telling me we took a, we called this hospital, this hospital, nobody has a place to go. What do we do? Where do we go? And I'm like, uh, I have 250 prescriptions to do. I have a line of people. We have a shot to do. And I got a call here with some old lady that's scared because she's starting to have a hard time breathing. It is. COVID and it's like that's scary I, and I feel guilty but what am I going to do like, well you know I, I think the sudden push and basically dump off on pharmacies you know it almost pushed you guys in the public's eye all of a sudden instead of being pharmacists all of a sudden you were like physicians free doctor visits is what people think it is yeah yeah, and, and that's totally unfair <laughs> and uh, so Obviously, when they moved the testing inside, you know, you didn't get any extra hours for it. You were already stretched thin in your pharmacy anyway prior to this. What about when you got the word you're going to start giving vaccines? Uh, that was like, yeah, that was horrible. Like ever since ever, like we never really got under control again after we were doing the testing. So kind of like the timeline is like, we moved the testing to the inside. Now all of a sudden we were doing all of our prescriptions that we were having a hard time finishing anyway, because we can't hang on the techs because for a billion reasons, but partially because of my partner who chases them out. Um, we are already behind and then they start adding 50 tests a day because of course all 50 slots are filled every single day for months on end through all the way through the summer we're doing 50 tests a day and these are people that are coming through the drive through that are clogging up our regular drive through so we're getting yelled at and screamed at by people cuz we have a huge drive through line cuz these tests take a couple minutes like max 10 minutes minimum 
seven to do the entire thing. And we're doing 50 of those a day and they just expect things to be peachy. So then we get people calling in telling us that we're all awful at our job, screaming at us that they need shit transferred and all that. It was horrible. So, uh, eventually they got it reduced to like, they limited it to the number of, of tests we could do like 30 or something. And that helped a lot, but, um, we're still doing tests to this day and it's still a problem. And then the vaccines came and when they first started, I think we only, yeah, we only did Moderna. So they had each store separated. So our store was a Moderna, some were Pfizer. Moderna was the easier one. I didn't mind that, but, um, they just didn't have it structured at all. They didn't have, um, you know, scheduling or anything. And they just wanted us to accept anybody that walked in. So some days you do 50 shots and you're the only pharmacist. No prescriptions are going to get done if you're not really good at your job or really fast at least. And, uh, so we just have plenty of people working there that literally cannot, it is impossible for them to handle the workload that is given to them. And I'm one of the few people that can do it and I'm sick of doing it and not getting paid extra for it or not getting extra help and not getting extra recognition. And it's like insane that if I left the store, I think it would, they would have to shut it down in two weeks, maybe that, you know, um, one of the questions came through, uh, have you ever experienced people yelling at you that you give vaccines? Oh, yeah, I had uh, one craziest call I've had so far is uh, someone telling me I'm violating the Geneva Convention <laughs> and that she called the FDA personally and they told her personally that it was not FDA approved yet. And I said, yes, it's emergency use FDA approved. It's a specific thing. It's another approving then she just wanted to tell me that I was vi- violating the Geneva Convention and that I'll be taking the court or something and. I just had to hang up on her. I don't have time. <laughs> it's okay. She did her own research. <laughs> yeah, I know. U I O R. As long as it's on Google and Reddit, and uh, I, I just can't. I mean, so from a core pharmacy standpoint, your store specifically, how many people have you lost due to all this extra pressure and workload? So in two years, I actually was trying to keep track of that. I think I've estimated I've lost between 15 to 20 techs. Damn. Two and a half years. And and you folks out there, you don't, you you may or may not know, but having good techs makes a huge difference on how your day goes. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. You can some, yeah. Having one person there and another person there is not the same day for you. Like just having, so here's the problem when you what what happens is the whole team would quit we'll get five to six new people none of them know anything so i got people asking me what's the generic for a torvastatin what's the what's the uh this and that so every single transaction with a customer becomes i'm basically running the transaction they're just my hands and so I'm having to answer basically every phone call because I can't do anything on the computer. They're handling, I'm handling every question that ever happens at the register, which is like if it's not a clean transaction where the prescription's ready and all they had to do is pay for it and they go, then they're going to have to involve me. And that's just not sustainable. And that's why no other pharmacist can handle it either because they also need help on the computer on everything they do. They can't do anything. 
So another question that came through, are there any extra precautions they tell you to take to prevent, um, let's say you test a sick person and from the time you test a sick person, what do you, to fill a prescription? I mean, is there like, do you just wear gloves and wash your hands or is there, or is that just it? Or is there an extra step there? So it's all done through the drive through So there's kind of like this um, drawer that you pass stuff through, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you just set up a basket. We have these assigned red baskets, so we don't use them for anything else. Um, but we have like cleaner and paper towel and gloves over there. And you just set the person up with uh, their vial and swab. And you send out a basket. And then you bring it back in. And you spray down the basket, spray down the drawer. And then replace the basket. Everything should be cleanish. Gotcha. In theory, but we're doing this hundreds of times, so you know it's. <laughs> Is any we're, of that... we're wearing gloves, but we're also touching the same computer and same uh, lever mm-hmm. and same basket that everyone is getting their prescriptions through, which is a concern I brought up with my manager originally when they said we're doing the testing through the drive-through. I said, "Oh, the same drive-through that we deliver people prescriptions, sick people prescriptions through." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. just. Um, so I know like CVS, you know, uh, when we went to go get our test, I, I was not, you know, to your point, I was not able to find an appointment that was open. So I actually had to go through like one of these drive through health department test places. Whereas my wife, she went to CVS and they actually had, you know, their testing facility outside and I still, and I think they still do. So was there any particular reason where you worked and decided to bring it inside? So it was actually because, well, partially because we're in Michigan, we wouldn't be able to do it outside all year. Oh, that's true. But, um, but uh, I think most of the reason is because they wanted to use the same team. They wanted to use the pharmacists and techs that are, they're already paying to do a job inside. They were paying a whole separate team to do it outside. And then oh. they just moved it to inside where you're paying just the techs and pharmacists. <laughs> so more work, less pay. Yes, that's what exactly. I I was literally doing for the first three months, only filling prescriptions, MTMs. You know, that was about as complicated as it got. Things were all right. Then they added, we had to do testing through the drive-through. So we were doing 50 tests a day. Then they added vaccines. Then they added flu vaccines that we're doing now. Good God. Um, any word on getting the COVID pills? Haven't heard anything about that yet. Nope. I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, it seems like, yeah. It, so the issue with that I see is that you can't give a, um, whatever that license is that we use to give vaccines under. It's like that uh, partnership license with the doctor. We basically have one doctor that we put all of the vaccines under. Uh, I don't think that a pharmacy would be, well, I don't know because I am actually licensed to uh i can do a test for like strep or uh flu and then provide a prescription for tamiflu or z-pack so uh, i might be able to do it the other way but i think the what i'm saying is that if they come out with a pill someone has to prescribe it and i don't know how that would work to be able to bill or put on record who the doctor is so really, like the statement you just made about testing for strep and flu and like that, you guys seriously have been pushed into like a quasi-physician role. Yeah, we have a machine that they sent us that's like yeah, like $10,000. I have no idea how to use it. They've been telling us you're going to be using it since like 
two Augusts ago. And I was like, when am I going to have time to do this? Like, I mean, but, but Jesus stew. Christ. I mean, like I said, I mean, pharmacists had it rough, you know, from burnout long before COVID happened. And now they've got you doing all these things that people would take their, you know, go to the doctor for. Y'all need to get fucking paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's on top of that. I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to see any of the profit from however the insurance pays for that test. God almighty, man. It's, it's, you know, this, is, this was kind of like my crusade when I started, you know, wanting to talk to pharmacists is look, you, you got, like, what are they going to dump on you next? I mean, I mean, you're already, you know, given vaccinations. I mean, what's next? Are you going to start doing stitches? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, drive-through surgery yeah i mean a whole new you know a whole new term outpatient surgery i mean you go to your local drugstore and and i think that's just <laughs> totally unfair to y'all and to the profession because that's not what you signed up to do no yeah and, yeah, and it's it, very far from anything you talk about or do in school it is so it's pretty insane so in your experience doing this for the past couple of years have you seen any pharmacists finally just throw their hands up and walk out oh yeah mm-hmm. at least three that i know of that have uh rage retired <laughs> yeah i mean but can you blame them i mean really no I mean, oh i know absolutely not i i don't blame anyone like people text me after they work at my store and say i don't know how you work there every day and i'm like yeah i I kind of just have to wipe my mind of it every day I go home. <laughs> so, so if this continues like this, I mean, what kind, what kind of shelf life do you give yourself? I mean, eventually it's going to come to the point where you're going to be like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, um, I don't plan on staying a lot longer. It is a shorter term thing for me. Uh, they have opportunities to transfer. That seems to be most likely option for me because there are opportunities elsewhere. Um, and I know not all stores are like mine. I picked a particularly busy store. Um, I like to be busy and I like to think I'm pretty good at my job. So, uh, they, they offer, they offer me a little bit more to be at the busier store and I got to be a staff instead of a floater, which I thought was a big bonus. So that's kind of, I got, kind of got my foot in the door and I've proven myself and I can kind of move on soon. So I'm not stressed out. That's why I'm kind of just in survival mode there. Yeah. Well, being a floater sucks. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So I'm glad I got straight into staff and I can kind of demand, I can just prove that I'm a staff pharmacist. So that's, um, man, like I said, it's just fascinating to me because, you know, like I was telling you offline, you know, that pharmacist I had that was sick and they couldn't get a floater. You know, it, it, she's at work and shouldn't even be there. And in between customers, she's, she's about passed out, you know, laying on the floor. Yeah, we, I know one a pharmacist who had a heart attack at work. God, I mean, it, it, and people don't understand. I mean, there again, too, when you start talking about customers, you know, you're getting abused by customers just like the cashiers are, just like the store managers are or whatnot. And, you know, you guys, not that, that you know, cashiers and store managers aren't providing something, but you guys are providing a service that's quite, you know, important. And they basically just spitting in your face. Yeah, it's like the expectations of a doctor's office and a pharmacy, but also that you get treated like you're working at McDonald's. Well, you know, if they were going to expect it to be like a doctor's office, they should be okay waiting an hour after their scheduled time. <laughs> right. Well, we get, yeah. The, I mean, we get 
things that are just so incredibly rude and stupid, like just people constantly asking, well, can you make an exception for me? Or like, well, it's my medicine. And I'm like, everyone's here getting their medicine. Okay. And I can't just, I have people constantly asking me to put them in front of everyone else. And it's just like, everyone here is getting medicine. It's like a line and we put you in line, you wait in line. Okay. However fast it gets done is how fast it gets done. If Rite Aid wanted more people to work here and for it to be a, a less of a wait time, then they would hire more people, but they don't. So. Yep. Because by God, they're going to make as much profit as they can. Yeah. So I'm done stressing out about it. I just do what I can. And that's the other thing I've been starting to pull back. I used to push myself to try to get everything done, but well, good. It's not but, worth it. Yeah, yeah, don't don't run yourself into the ground. I mean, you can only do what you can do, and that's it. And they sure as hell ain't going to pay you any more to do more. So, no, I mean, yeah, they haven't even kept up with inflation in the last two years. With my, no. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. So, uh, what would be you, you say the worst customer interaction you've had during COVID? I've had to call the police three times, and I have to think of them each individually. Which one's the worst? But, okay, so I'd say the most scared I've ever been, um, which is probably the worst, the most ra- like rattled I was, um, was a patient who it was actually the third time he'd been there. First time he came through the drive-thru, um, he, of course, was getting morphine and uh, something. I, I think he was, he was trying to pick up like two morphines. That's what it was, two different morphines, and they were high quantity, and we were super busy, and I was like... I was like, tell him we don't have it. I'm not going to have time to fill it anyway. He's just going to be mad. And the first time he just like peeled out of our drive through like loud as hell going, I don't know, probably, probably peel out of there going 40 and uh, scared the crap out of the tech over there. And the second time he came back in, he dropped it off and he um, said, you're going to fill this. He's screaming at the tech. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to fill it tonight. I'll take a look at it and put it in for tomorrow or whatever. And uh, he was screaming at the tech, calling her a bitch or something. And um, then he came back around through the drive-thru again and sped through the drive-thru, like intimidating us the second time. And then the third time he came in, I told him, I'm not feeling it. He needs to take it and go somewhere else. Um, he he leans over into the counter, starts screaming at me, tell, tell me he's, uh, he's calling uh, his lawyer. He's going to sue me and all that. And then he pulls out his camera and starts taking pictures of me while I'm working. And then I call the police because he finds out he says he's got a gun or something. And I call the police and we're scared he's going to come back with a gun. We had the police come in and get down all of his information. We had his ta- one of the techs was smart enough to get the tags. And we were scared, like, because not only, like, opioids involved, but, like, he's obviously angry at me in particular. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be coming. He's going to be looking for the guy with the white coat in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so not hard to that. That was down. the most scared. Yeah, I was, and that took me, like, an hour to make that. I didn't know if I was being, if I was overreacting or not, but I was, my heart was pounding for an hour after that. Well, when you're dealing with opioids, I mean, the people... Uh, obviously i'm sure you've seen some crazy stuff what people will do for that yeah i I know yeah it doesn't matter who you are their brain is not functioning correctly so i can't talk them out of it they're i can't talk reason to them and i'm trapped back there 
Right. Um, there was a question that came through, and, and this is I'm curious as to to this as well. Um, are certain prescriptions priority over others? Like, for instance, heart meds or insulin, say, over antibiotics, or is it really you just do it in the order you receive? Um, so, like any real world answer, it's kind of a mix. But um, yeah, in general, like an antibiotic and steroids get boosted to the front. Those are usually the quickest to do, and the most needy, especially if it's like a kid getting a suspension or something, those are the quickest to go through. Um, as for like heart meds and all that, if it's not, if it, so here's the thing, if you're taking a heart med, you're taking it once a day, you should have enough to last you until the next day at the very least. Um, or if it's a new one, we'll probably get to it, but yeah, I would say it's mostly in the order if you get it, but um, the system kind of works the things that are more urgent out anyway for you. Oh, okay. So it kind of puts it in, in the queue that it quote-unquote sees. Yeah, yeah. Antibiotics tend to get up higher on the list. Um, here's a great one. Um, a regular angry IT guy says, is there anything the average person can do to help pharmacists? Is there an alternative to retail pharmacy to use? So supporting independence is definitely a good answer. Um, independents have been like wiped out. They have been making a little bit of a comeback lately, but um, in the last 20 years, they have been like decimated from what they used to be like in the 80s and 90s. Um, a lot, a lot because of like CVS and these big chains just buy them out and then undercut everyone and have these crazy low margins and stuff. But uh, to help out your pharmacist locally, it's tough. I mean, I would I appreciate complaints to corporate about the staffing, saying saying like the staff looks obviously disgruntled, they're understaffed, they're um, stressed out, um, or even like reporting like bad customers because sometimes you we have customers that we can't get rid of and we can try to tell to leave, but we have no authority. And I've been told I can't tell patients to not come back. Um, if, if you report them like they're like a, you see an event or something. Cause I, there's always someone around and I've had people scream at me and it does help when patients see that and they're like, sorry, I had to deal with that and stuff. But like sometimes corporate doesn't believe us when we, when we get, we'll get a complaint and then we'll actually have to like give them a gift card or something like that. Oh God. Um, we've talked yeah. about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so just being like, like at least being honest and being like seeing it from the pharmacist's point of view or from the other side, um, or also talking to family members who's complained that a lot of times just don't understand the situation. That's seems to be the case a lot when people are upset. Now, when COVID happened, was there any push like immediately to say, okay, you know, there's going to be this rush, especially with the testing and whatnot. Was there any kind of push from these companies to actually add more staff or were they just kind of like winging it? We're just going to keep what we got and make them do it. Um, so early on, no, I would say early on they saw like, after a couple months testing, demand died off a little bit. Um, and like really early on, like I said, the stores were slow, so they were trying they were trying to cut hours. They weren't trying to add any hours at that point. Um, but then it kind of ebbed and flowed because then the vaccines got added. And what really happened was, it was just like 
there would be an intense one or two or three weeks. And I think there was just waves of people quitting um, when vaccines hit and testing was bad and like that kind of thing. And then it just turned into a vicious cycle of higher quit, higher quit, higher quit. And that's literally what happened at our store. That's why we went through at least like four full sets of like four or five uh, texts at a time. Good Lord. Um, yeah. Now in your situation, is it two pharmacists in your location? So it's basically two. And then we have one that fills in like once in a while on certain days. So why would, you know, look, we understand, you know, the burnout from pharmacists, even long before COVID hit. Why, what do you think stopping these companies from going ahead and just biting the bullet and say, you've got three pharmacists, you know, per location to kind of break up the load. Uh, I think it's literally just because it doesn't impact them at all. If they just have one pharmacist there, it'll, the store will eventually function. <laughs> so they just know that eventually someone will figure it out. Uh, somehow, you know, you think about this, how many times have you heard of like retail pharmacies just, being shut down for extended periods of time it just doesn't happen somehow they there's always a district manager that gets stretched thin that works extra hours to go and fill out at the store that that both the pharmacists quit at or something you know somehow there's always just someone that they stretch thin onto that just cover that one extra shift but see that's the thing i mean that's just asinine so obviously it has to come from the top the top's just not interested in putting out the money to properly staff you know like i said pharmacists are valuable i mean you know you're not you know like a stalker or something you know that you are a specialty service that is required and there again for the roles that you fill that are so important to society as a whole you're still treated like you know, and a controllable expense because they're not going to pay you more. They're not going to give you extra help. And that just really shows how shitty the whole thing is. Yeah. Yeah. We're like basically captive to like, you're just selling your, yeah, you're just selling your soul for like the paycheck. <laughs> it's pretty much agreed on both sides. They know that it's shitty and you know, it's shitty. So the pharmacist that you've spoken to, uh, you know, different or people that you went to school with or whatnot. What's the general consensus on like, what's the best pharmacist gig to have? Obviously it's not being a retail pharmacist. Oh man, that you, you brought up my friends. So I just wanted to tell you a story before I forget. So one of my buddies, um, he had never worked before in a pharmacy all throughout pharmacy school. He was one of those lucky guys. He didn't need to work. So he got all the way through and got it, got a job with CVS um, and his job, he quickly got called in like two or three weeks into uh, be a manager at another store because the manager there had just recently um, one day left his wallet and keys in the C2 safe and took some fentanyl patches in Norco and they found him dead on the railroad in two days. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So that's how he got his first manager job. He slid into that spot. That that store was so destroyed. He said it was like two weeks behind. He ended up quitting within a month, and now he's at Walgreens. <laughs> Good God! So um, he had a really rough. He had a rougher start than I did, and he was doing that during COVID. So I don't even. Yeah. 
So, so for a pharmacist, are you better off going to work for like a hospital? I mean, oh, like, yeah. so ultimately, you know, if you're going to continue down the path, ultimately, I guess your goal would be to wind up in a hospital, but I'm assuming that there's not a lot of openings for that. There kind of is, and there kind of isn't. So with hospital now, nowadays you have to have a residency. So you'll have to do your six years plus a year residency, which is basically another year of working for half pay and doing school at the same time, working overtime, which sucks. So I avoided that because you can kind of get paid nicely right out of school, just doing retail. And I never really was super interested in hospital. So, but I would recommend you go hospital because it's a cushier job, more normal hours, and you can do a little bit specialty stuff in the hospital um, that'll increase your pay and make you a little more valuable. Um, in your experience with all the people that you've spoken to that are in a profession, what's the general consensus, the worst one to work for, and then the best one to work for in the retail landscape? Good question. Um, so I've heard... I don't have experience, so it's hard to know for sure, but I've heard Costco's up there in the top three. I've heard Publix, which is a chain down south, mm-hmm. um, is supposed to be up there. Uh, and then uh, Sam's Club, I guess, is also pretty good. Those those kind of... Well, at, at Target, too, which has kind of gotten eaten by CVS, but those just tend to be slower stores. That's right. what helps. Um, but Costco, I think, if you ask any pharmacist, I think they'll definitely mention Costco. Okay. Who's the worst? <laughs> CVS is probably number one. Yeah, uh, I, they, Public I, I, enemy number one. Probably. I would have to say so. And my God, I mean, like you said, they ate up the, the you know, the Target pharmacy. And I, I saw something about, didn't they do something like they're like trying to have physicians on site or something now? Yeah. So that I think. Not not even that because you know they wouldn't do a full doctor because they won't pay for that. That's I think true. They're doing, they're doing like PAs, God, <laughs> and uh, they do like minute clinics. I think or what they're called. I I've yeah. never seen one, um, but I have seen them listed, and somehow they they do have pharmacist jobs listed in those minute clinics. I wonder if that's kind of uh, CMR MTM related or um, some kind of counseling related. That man. So do you regret getting in the business or you still like it so far? Uh, I'm like totally neutral to what I do, like totally neutral. I don't hate it or love it. I like being good at it and fast at it. I hate the people I have to interact with and deal with and the extra responsibilities added on top of me that don't seem to be appreciated by any kind of extra pay or help. That's the part that I'm frustrated with. It's not the... I'm okay with the pharmacy part of it. The manual labor side is whatever. And then uh, the intellectual part is barely even there nowadays because it's like and you're just speed running, checking scripts. Right. Um, good question came through. What's the craziest we're desperate for help thing you have seen happen? Hmm. Uh that's for, for help. Um, uh, I mean, I've had a couple talks with, um, the, the scariest or like, I don't know if I call it crazy, just kind of depressing is like old ladies that are very lonely. And I've had some 
tell me some of like the horrible things that they're going through and they're totally alone now in life. They have no friends or family around um, and nobody cares about them. And all they want to do is talk to me and I just don't have the time. Um, and I do sit there and listen to them, but I've had ladies just break down crying to me and I'm just like, it feels like, I don't know, an out of body experience. I'm just sitting there so stressed out and I got this lady crying on the phone to me. So, so, so two different worlds going on. So you're a pharmacist. They expect you to be a physician and I guess they expect you to be a therapist too. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Um, same question, desperate for help thing that you've seen as far as staffing. Um, so the worst I've heard was one of the CVS's nearby my buddy was 1700 prescriptions behind. Oh my God. And, uh, and oh yeah. And that's the one that they, they then allowed, there was two texts there and they allowed one to go on vacation. <laughs> They they let somebody go on vacation seventeen hundred yeah. script and what's your yeah, average script count per day? Uh, for me, it's between like three hundred and three fifty. Yeah, so they're basically almost a week behind. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, any have you had any experiences in your location or or stories from your peers about um, techs who really really screw up? giving the wrong medicine to somebody and it actually being fatal or causing serious illness? No, I've luckily had no experience with any, um, like med errors that resulted in any kind of harm. I've had several med errors happen in the pharmacy before. Um, I guess the most egregious one is one of my techs, instead of bringing me the prescription to check, before it got delivered, we have like a delivery service through DoorDash. They just gave the package to the DoorDash driver before I even checked them, which is, which is like on the scale of like one to 10 in severity, I'd give it like a four. Wait, they've, they've, they've already been half checked, but yeah, you, that's, you guys, you, you guys let DoorDash deliver prescriptions. It's not my choice. I hate no, it. No, ser- so <laughs> yeah. so seriously. Yeah, they so, have DoorDash come and pick up. So, someone signs up somehow online. It prints out a fax to us, tells us they're coming in, and they have to prepay for their prescriptions online, and some kid comes, picks it up in DoorDash, and then it gets brought to them. Yeah. <laughs> C2s as well? I don't know that. I kind of doubt it, but I don't know that for sure because I don't actually interact with it. Just like prints out. It's that's one of those things where they just expect us to know how to do it and do it without any training or talk about it. Are there restrictions on what goes out? I mean, can they come pick up opioids? Um, I'm not. I'm pretty sure the delivery doesn't let you do any controls. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, boy, that would be just, I'm that'd be on sure. the news. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't allow any controls. And then, yeah, they have to sign for it. Oh, my God. That is, but that's still frightening. Yeah, I don't like the delivery at all. It's messed up several times. And then also, like, that's, like I said, that's one of the, the mistakes that I can't stop from happening. A tech just takes the bag and gives it to them. And I'm doing a billion things and I can't watch every person all the time. So if there's a mix up or something like that, who's is the tech in trouble or are you in trouble? It's a little bit of both, but I'm ultimately responsible, yeah. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. I, I'm just floored that DoorDash is delivering scripts. I'm sorry, I hadn't yeah. heard that. That is the most horrifying fucking thing I've heard all year. I think <laughs> that that. Oh my god! I mean, it's just some a disaster the- too because people expect it to be us doing the delivery. They expect us to know what's going on, and we're like, it literally just prints a sheet out and says they're coming. Like that's all we know. Oh my god. <laughs> And you got some poor individual sitting at home looking at a computer screen, you know, your delivery driver has, uh, you know, arrived at the pharmacy. I mean, I thought it was weird when I found out Walmart was doing deliveries through Uber, but this is like some next level jacked up bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it just you guys driving it around? Uh, I, you mean just our store or just a chain? Just a chain. Now, I do know that Walgreens is delivering. I wonder if it's the same thing. I don't know if like CVS delivers now. I actually don't know. Um, I mean, I know like a lot of independents do personal deliveries. But that's usually that's usually they send a tech or something. Um, couple of questions here. What if the door driver, the DoorDash driver, gets robbed? <laughs> yeah, then we got a big legal problem. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay, next question. Do you think, what do you think the number one reason techs leave is? Pay, workload, or customers? Or a combination of all? Mm, So I guess that would depend on location and like your specific situation. But in general, it would probably be a combination. The pay has been coming up, but it's no, I would start. Listen, if I was king, (coughs) you would have to do a two year, have a two year degree in whatever associates thing from community college and then start out at uh, 15 or $20 an hour, whatever seems reasonable then go up, up from there and have an actually educated person who can communicate with people about medications without me having to watch over their so- shoulder because they can't pronounce Lipitor or Torvastat and then they don't know the generic of this and that. I can't believe we have this system where we have texts that don't know anything that are talking to patients who don't know anything and they're both trying to solve a problem about a medication that neither of them know anything about. So what's the average, what's the average rate of pay for a tech now? Uh, I think it's between 12 and $15 an hour. And I think the high side is 15. Like you'd be doing really good at like a hospital or something for 15. Now, do they have to get certified now to be techs? Cause I remember when I worked for CVS back in the nineties, they would send people to like some class or something. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. There is a thing called the CPHT, which is certified pharmacy technician license that is required in Michigan now within six months of, um, being hired luckily Rite Aid actually has a system that gets you through it and Rite Aid counts as the state um, certificate so you don't have to pay for it to do it with the state which is nice problem is we don't have any time to a lot for them to do it so literally none of my techs have done it in the past two years oh my god <laughs> yeah and the company doesn't you know obviously isn't making any kind of move to make sure it happens oh no no but do they yeah. get fined if they if they find out that they they haven't done this within a certain time frame they end up having to get fired. Oh, wait. So wait a minute. So you got yeah. a tech who uh-huh. hasn't had the opportunity to go because they've been worked to death, but since they don't go, they get fired. It's even worse. It's, it's, it's doable on the computer at work. They, we just don't have people to cover the shifts for them to do it, to have the time to do it 
where they could take time off from work and not have to work extra, like and not be putting in extra time out of their own free time to come in and do it. It's it's so fucked up. Oh my god, that is all. And you want while we're along the lines of training, just while I have my mind on it, it's totally tangent. But this is something that I complain about, and it blows my mind every time I do it. But we have this whole computer-based training program called, you know, C, we call them CBTs, and they're just these lists of uh, videos that have quizzes and questions in them that you have to pass every once in a while for certain ones and some of them you just have to do once um but what's crazy is you do them while you work so you play the video while you're working doing other things not paying attention to it and then you have to pass the test or the quiz at the end and then you have to sign at the end that you uh agree to all the things that you just learned and that you'll follow the rules and that you won't mess up this or that and the um in the hazardous waste or whatever. So you sign your life away that you've been trained on these things when they've had you training while working. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. My friend, boy, I don't, uh, wow. I'm still, God, like I said, I thought it was bad back then. It, it obviously hasn't gotten much better. You I'm know, the pro- response to that would be, well, you should come in on your free time. no, yeah, I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. There's a reason why it's called free time. And, and that doesn't mean work for free. You pay me hourly, so you're going to either pay me to do it on my free time or you're just going to not make me do it while I actually work because you're paying me to work. Wow, this is insane. Um, all right, so we're sitting in an hour. We can all go back and say, today I learned that DoorDash delivers prescriptions. Um, I, I'm... I, I, that's going to haunt me for the rest of the night. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you so much, Trent, for being on. I appreciate it. This has been insightful as hell. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I just, I feel for you guys. I, I especially feel for you. Cause like you said, you were, you know, basically brand new and all hell broke loose. And, you know, at least you got a good enough attitude to try to, you know, get through it. I can't imagine like the older, saltier pharmacist that, you know, this hit them like a ton of fucking bricks. So I'm just like, man, I'm just amazed. We'll have to do this again. If you think of something like, you know, pretty specific, you know, dealing with all this that you you may have missed or whatnot, let me know. And we'll do this again if you're willing. Yeah, absolutely. I had fun. Thanks for oh, letting me vent. Yeah, this is great. All right, guys. So uh, next Wednesday, we're going to have um, Brady Tunes. So, if you haven't checked out those tunes yet, go check it out. I swear to God, the Home Mart one, I was sitting there with my wife watching it. I'm like, that is just dead on, every bit of it. So, if you haven't checked it out, please do. Should be a good time next week. Trent, once again, thank you for being on. We'll be in touch soon because I would like to do this again um, because I know you've got more to say. I mean, your profession is something else, and and I want to applaud you for making it through a very difficult two years because I know it sucked. So, Good luck to you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Stay safe. And uh, everybody, um, the audio of this will be up sometime tonight. And uh, make sure you spread. um, Please don't be a Karen this year to all your friends and family. Uh, You know, give us some Christmas joy. And yeah, we will send you, see you guys next week.